beautiful. Oh, I'm talking to my wife who's on the other side of the studio. But I'm also talking to you. You're so beautiful. She is. So are you. This is Peter John. And the reason I can say that is because he makes all things beautiful in his time. Now, as you know, his time is not usually our time, is it? But that's why he is God, and you and I are not. This is Peter John, like I said. Thank you for tuning in to today's program on Rogue Grace. And it's nice and beautiful and white and snowy out here in the Applegate. Not so much in the valley from what I saw, but who knows? It might snow again, right? Let it snow. Hey, so good to be back on the air again like I was last week. So once again, I just am grateful for your prayers and your hopes and your help. Just all of the support that I've been getting, the letters in the mail, and the feeling when we walk into the church, it's amazing. I'm so blessed. And as I study the book of Jonah, quite frankly, I can really, really relate, maybe you can too, to when he's in the belly of a fish. And it seems like everything in life has been swallowed up. Have you ever been in that kind of place? Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. But Jonah was. And he was in a place where he is like, and and we'll see this in his prayer in the next couple of days. Man, it's over. And yet he still praises God. That's how I've felt, quite frankly. Man, it's over. I don't even want to get up. I can't, but I still got the opportunity to praise God. And I don't know why or how. I'm, I'm not going to brag about that because I don't even remember doing it. But from what I'm told, that we sang hymns and praised God, great. I'm glad that that got out because I only remember being miserable <laughs> in the hospital. Anyways, I'm looking forward to continuing our study in the book of Jonah as we look at the guy in the belly of the fish, Jonah and the whale, as we've always called it, haven't we? So before we do that, though, I want to consider with you the various messages, the various gospel messages that have gone out here from the church and from other churches that have been related or have been associated with this church and and really get back down to, really try to get into what is the gospel. Can you answer that question? Can you tell me what the gospel is? Now, there's a lot of debate about this 
interestingly enough. Some people say the gospel is one thing, and other people say the gospel is another thing. But I can tell you right now what the gospel is. And, and the reason I'm saying this is because it's not as um, open and shut as I think it should be. I think we, some people make the gospel a lot more confusing or muddled than it needs to be. I, I really believe that. And they have good intentions and, and the things that they share are even helpful or profitable, but it's not the gospel. I'll tell you what the gospel is. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul says it explicitly. He says it profoundly when he talks about what the gospel is. When he talks about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what he says. I'll, ch- I'll read it to you. He says, For I delivered to you as of most importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according with the scripture, that he might be buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scripture. And he appeared to Cephas, or Peter, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of them still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as one untimely born, he appeared to me. That's the gospel right there. That Jesus, according to the scripture, that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. Now, why people make it more complicated than that, I guess is understandable because that's human nature. We're always trying to find something new or something exciting or something that's mind uh, titillating. But I am, the older I get, more and more enjoying coming back to that message I just read from 1 Corinthians and finding the power in the fact that Jesus died, was buried, and rose from the dead. So, my friend, you know what the gospel is. What is that? Jesus rose from the dead. Let that have the power that alone, to change lives, bless your family, and make you a person who is strong in the gospel. We'll be right back. Your love is like radiant diamonds bursting inside of
Pointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. <laughs> and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, praying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol, or hell, out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and he heard my voice. Now, Jonah was in the belly of a fish when he says, God answered me, God heard me, and God called me. See, in the belly of the whale, 
And and in this prayer that Jonah makes, this this anthem of praise, he never asks God, the Lord. He never asks to be delivered. <laughs> Amazing to me. Here he is in the belly of a fish, and he never makes the request, Oh Lord, please get me out. That's what I would have done. He will, you know, I think you, you're familiar with the story. He will ultimately get out of the whale. He will exit, but he never asked for it. Jonah found this, this paradise in the belly of a whale or a fish in hell. Even he says, I'm in Sheol. So he, he's not saying, I got, boy, being here in this fish is really nice. Great circumstances. He, he, he admits where he's at, but he, he never asks to be released. Instead, he says, I have found God, the Lord, here in this fish. You know, that's a lot how I've felt the past couple of months. It's amazing, like Jonah, you can actually be going through stuff, in stuff. And it would almost seem from an outsider or from somebody that wasn't you, it would seem as though God wasn't listening to your prayers. But you have this incredible peace in the belly of the whale, friend. You can have that right now. I, I don't know what kind of whale of a problem you're in. I don't know if you're feeling suffocated. I don't know if you are feeling as though everything is closing in on you. But I, I know I'm talking to somebody right now. And that is, you can actually have paradise in your heart, even in the belly of the fish like Jonah did. I, this prayer he gives, I get, I understand, because I was just there. And you can have this too. Where you can be outwardly dying or paralyzed. But there's this spiritual connection that's being made that's deeper than even anything physically even anything psychologically. It's true. I, I know it's true because the Bible says it's true. And I've experienced it over and over and especially lately. And I don't know what kind of whale of a problem you might be in today, right now. Maybe it's your uh, career or lack thereof. Maybe it's um, a marriage or a family situation, financially, I, physically, or health, like in my case. But there can be a peace that passes all understanding when you 
connect with the Lord himself. And the thing is, like Jonah here is in a whale, the Lord draws near to those who are in a whale of a problem or in difficult times or in tight places. The Lord, that's the people God draws near to if they will simply call out to him or open up for him. So Jonah begins this beautiful anthem in the belly of a fish by saying, I called out to the Lord and he heard my voice. And then the next verse, he says, For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Now, Jonah says, Lord, you cast me into the deep. Now, literally, it was the captain and his his uh, co-workers, his employees, his sailors who cast Jonah into the deep. But Jonah is saying, Lord, it was you. Can I tell you how liberating it is not to be blaming other people for things? You know, I, I just got to say this because I think it's helpful on the air, but I'm not meaning to brag. And if I am, I'm sorry. But one thing I don't like to do, one thing I'm really careful not to do is blame other people for what I'm going through, but rather say or hope that I can say, Lord, you did this. Now, you have to have a really good relationship with the Lord because if you're saying you did this in terms of you're angry or bitter, well, that's not going to get you very far. But if like Jonah, you can say, Lord, you did this and I'm praising your name, man, that's unstoppable, friend. I'm telling you, that's unstoppable. When you can say, Lord, you did this, and I'm praising your name, whether it's my finances or my health or my relationships or my career, whatever it is, Lord, you're, I, you, the reason I'm going to praise your name is because you're working everything together for good and your plans are greater than my plans and you have something in mind that I can't even imagine yet. Wow. That takes faith, but faith is freedom. We'll be right back. Our Father who art in
going back to our verses that we're looking at this morning in Jonah 2 verse 2 he says for you cast me into the deep into the heart of the sea so Lord you did this as he's saying that with a chip on his shoulders he's saying that ticked no Because he just got done saying, I called to the Lord out of my distress, out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice. He's acknowledging that God heard his voice, even as he's in the belly of the fish. Have you ever been that? Have you ever experienced that? Maybe you have where everything outwardly seems to be going wrong or difficult or complex. But you know that the Lord has heard your voice even before you're delivered from those things, maybe. That's what Jonah is experiencing. He's saying, I know you heard my voice even as he's in the belly of the fish. Wow. You know, that's how I feel a lot. Less today. I feel so good today. And in the past couple of weeks, in fact. But man, in that hospital room, I felt everything outwardly is just crushing me. But I still felt that the Lord was with me and loved me. I thank the Lord for that. I thank the Lord that he gives us experiences that almost give us a sneak preview 
uh, a hint of what heaven is going to be like. Because it's so internal, it's so eternal that nothing outwardly can even affect it. You could be dying. You could be going through hell on earth and still say like Jonah, I cried out to the Lord from hell and he heard me. And there's no other way to really substantiate this. I can't prove this. You have to experience this just like Jonah did. You have to experience it. You you can't just, I can't just um, explain it, but I can tell you that it's true. I wonder what it's like to be in the belly of a fish. (laughs) How can you possibly say these things or make this beautiful prayer that he's making in the fish? Amazing what the Lord is able to do. And outwardly, it looks like, why are you praising God? But you are so met by God that it doesn't even matter what's going on outwardly. That is what the Lord can do. That's what the Lord does do. That's why it's called a peace that passes. Not that comes from it. Does not say, and the Lord in Philippians, you know, make your requests known to God, cast your cares upon him, and the Lord will give you a peace that comes from understanding. No, life's too complicated, too complex. It's too nuanced to really get peace from understanding. I, the more, the older I get, the more I recognize this. The older I get, the more I realize that I don't get peace that comes from understanding. That's, that's how I feel. And the Bible just so happens to say that's how it goes. The older I get, the more I find a peace that passes understanding when I do cast my cares upon the Lord. That's what I'm finding. I know you are too. And that's what Jonah found. Well, I have a couple more things to say, so we'll be right back after this.
And I'm not alone. Now, I really found this out in the hospital. First of all, in the hospital where I was for, I don't know, five or six weeks. I don't remember very much, but I do remember my wife and my dad were there. (laughs) I do remember that. My wife was not only raising our kids and going to school to be a nurse, which she does part-time right now, but she was also always in my hospital room at the same time. How she did it all, I'm not certain, but she did. And I can't tell you what it means. If, if, you, if you have this, you know what I mean. To have a spouse, a wife, that that just isn't going to leave or check out, but is totally engaged and so much on your side. Maybe you have this and you know what I'm talking about. It's great, isn't it? it sure is. It's the best, the best ever. And then my dad, my dad was there all the time reading his Bible to me. He was reading all the time the Bible. (laughs) Hour after hour. Now, if you know my dad, you're not surprised to hear that. But it's absolutely true. And you know what else? Not only was it my, my wife and my dad, but it was the Lord. I didn't feel alone. I felt his presence in that hospital room every single day. And those few times that no one was in the room with me, I felt the Lord was in the room with me. Pretty awesome. Now, maybe you have a a spouse like I have that is 100% on your side and there for you. Maybe you don't. Or maybe you have a, a, a dad or a mom like mine, my mom, always with my kids, that they're there for you. Or maybe you don't. I'm not sure. Because I'm going to tell you right now, and they would agree with me, that as good as it is to have a spouse or a parent like I have, No one takes the place of the Lord. I can tell you that. And I bet many of you can agree with that. Because what he does in those difficult times, in hospital rooms and at funerals and in bankruptcies, in just difficult days, can't even be explained. It's what Paul calls a peace that passes understanding. But it's true and it's there. I promise you it is. 
If you're going through a difficult time today, no matter what degree, it might be a two on a scale of one to 10. It might be a 10. I don't know. Here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to read in the book of Psalms. And after you read some Psalms and you talk to the Lord, you tell me that you weren't affected or calmed, even in the most still way, even in the most subtle way. You will be. I promise you. Because that's what God does. And I could hardly even read there in the hospital because uh, I just lost concentration, but I read some Psalms and I'll never forget it. Here I'm a guy that loves to study theology and philosophy, but it was just a few Psalms that really helped me and saw me through. And will you too? Pretty cool. Well, tonight, come out. Be blessed in the word of God. My little brother, who's actually taller than me, but I'm more handsome than he is. So I got that going for me. (laughs) My little brother, Ben, is going to be, once again, opening up the scriptures and we're going to be worshiping God for Monday night. So come. The roads are clear. It's still beautiful and snowy, but the roads are clear. So it's a beautiful atmosphere. You're going to love it. The music is awesome. You'll be blessed. Come on out tonight at 7 o'clock. Okay? And I'm looking forward to seeing you here because I'll be here. Lord willing. Now... May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. I'll be back on again either this afternoon, hopefully. I have some doctor's appointments I have to be at and stuff. So I'm going to try to be. For sure, tomorrow morning. So this afternoon at 3 o'clock, there will be a broadcast of Road Grace. Whether it's live or not, we'll see. But there will be a broadcast, and then tomorrow morning I'll be on live again, Lord willing, at 10 o'clock. Or you can always download these anytime you want for your iTunes, whatever you have. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. He is shining upon you. Talk to you tomorrow or this afternoon. We'll see. God bless.